Well, good morning. morning. Merry Christmas to you and your family. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Amen. And I want to take a quick moment to welcome any first-time guests that we have here today. It's great to have you with us. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are, are the lead pastors here at Journey. It's good to have you with us. And also, I want to take a moment to welcome all those who are joining us online right now, live as we're streaming this service. Uh, church family, let's give all of the ones joining us online a great big Journey Church welcome. Come on, give it up for them. I love it. Now, we're in week two of our Christmas series called Wonder, and what we're doing is we are looking at Christmas through the eyes of a child, and before we dive off into this thing, because i got some great stuff I want to share with you today, I want to give you all uh, uh, just something you can be excited about. Uh, you guys know that we had the toy drive in conjunction with Ross Tire. We've been working with them for years, a lot of other sponsors throughout the central area. And uh, you guys did an amazing job of bringing in toys, and so did the rest of the community. And as a result, we had the distribution this past Friday, and we gave out toys to 867 kids. That is a lot of kids. I believe that, I believe that actually is our biggest one yet. So thank you so much for your generosity. And uh, with that said, I also want to thank you for giving in the legacy offering as well. Uh, if you've been around Journey any length of time during the Christmas season, we take two Sundays and we receive what is called our legacy offering. And that actually goes towards missions and outreach. And this year, we're helping a young couple in Kenya uh, purchase a van for missionary purposes. And we're also constructing a new care point to feed children uh, in Belize. And we're actually dedicating that care point to Ethan Strahan, a little young fella who went home to be with the Lord about a year and a half ago. And last Sunday, we received uh, the first week of that. And this week, at the conclusion of this service, we'll receive the second uh, portion of that. And I just want to tell you, thank you so much for your generous hearts because of your generosity we are able to do so many things here in this community, but also all around the world. And, and as we're talking about Christmas, uh, you guys should have gotten one of these on your chair. Everybody take this out. Take this little card out and, and look at it. It's kind of a cool little card. And the reason why I want to highlight this is because next weekend, everybody say next weekend. Next weekend. We're celebrating Christmas at Journey next weekend. And we're going to give you and your family four different opportunities to come out and be a part of this. We added a Saturday night service uh, on the 21st at 6 o'clock. Then Sunday morning, 845, 1030, 12, 15. And uh, we're to, it's going to be a beautiful service. It's my favorite service of the year as we have candlelight. And we, we have beautiful music, great message. And we have hot chocolate cookies, photo opportunities for you and your family. And here's what I want to tell you. Uh, next Sunday, it seems like during the holidays, people are very open to going to church. And so I want to tell you to go and find one person. This card represents one person. Go find somebody and personally be responsible for them coming out and being a part of this service. The reason why is because I'm going to present a very simple and plain message on the gospel, and we pray that people's hearts will be open to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life. And so next weekend, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great weekend as we celebrate Christmas uh, here at Journey. Uh, but I just wanted to challenge you to take a moment, if you would, to take that card home and remind yourself with it, but also use it to invite somebody. Now, we are in this series, and what we're doing is we're looking at Christmas through the eyes of a child. And you guys probably remember whenever you were kids what it was like, Christmas, you're so excited about the gifts, 
you're so excited about, you know, everything that goes along with Christmas, the food, uh, the family. Uh, what was your favorite part about Christmas? Think about that, because mine actually was the stocking. My mom did a phenomenal job there, and uh, I loved as a kid getting up in the morning. You could get that stocking because you were not able to open presents yet till the entire family got together. And so I was able to open my stocking, and everything in it was all wrapped up, the little gifts, the little treats, all that kind of stuff, and I had an absolute blast with that. And it is amazing to me that as children, the wonder that we have associated with Christmas. And as we grow up, oftentimes that kind of dissipates. Oftentimes there's different things that come along that are associated with the holidays. It kind of diminishes that. And so this series is about being able to maintain that wonder as a part of our life, not just during Christmas, but throughout the year. Last week we talked about having God's joy continually at work within our lives. And today, the direction that we're going to go, we talked about maintaining joy within our lives last week. Today, we're going to deal with some things within our life that actually will steal the wonder of Christmas and the wonder that God has for all of us from our lives. Today, we're going to talk about pain. How many of you in here like some pain in your life? Anybody? No, typically, we don't like to raise our hands. Lonnie raised his hand because he's a bodybuilder. He likes to go and hurt himself every day. But here's the reality. We, we don't like pain. And I remember whenever Stacy and I, years ago, we lived in Denham Springs. The boys are much younger than they are now. I decided to, to get up one night about two, three o'clock in the morning, and I needed to go get a drink of water. And so I get up from the bed. Everybody's sleeping. I make my way uh, through our bedroom into the living room to go into the kitchen. And as I'm exiting our bedroom, I accidentally, because it was dark, I accidentally kicked the door frame with my pinky toe on my right foot. I know, everybody in here collective was like, oh, you've done that before, haven't you? How'd that feel? That hurts. I mean, you, you, you're jumping up and down, you're screaming, and imagine this. In that moment, I wanted to jump up and down and scream, but I could not do that. And the reason why is because my wife was asleep, my kids were asleep, and if I would have responded that way, I would have woke up the entire house. So all of that was going on on the inside of me, and I was stifling it. And I got to tell you what, that hurt really, really bad. If you've ever stubbed your pinky toe, you know exactly what I mean. So I, I recover from that. I go into the kitchen. I get a drink of water. And then I'm headed back into the bedroom, and on my way into the bedroom, guess what I did? Same exact pinky toe on the door frame. I mean, I boom, hit it again. And that time I woke the family up. Stacy was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh, okay. Pain, we don't like pain. But today we're not going to talk about physical pain. We're going to talk about emotional pain, things that go on inside of our heart. And so many times, that's the type of pain that we really don't like talking about. We keep that covered up really well. We don't like people to expose those things within our life because we're like, you know what? Out of sight, out of mind, I don't really want to deal with that. But the reality is, Jesus talked about that we would face different things in this world and different opportunities where pain would be a part of our life. Listen to what he spoke to his disciples one day. Luke 17, verse 1, he said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. There's offenses, 
There's hurts, there's wounds, there's all these types of things. Basically, here's what he's saying, and this is one of those things, don't get discouraged whenever I say this, but offense and hurt, it's unavoidable. It's part of life. That's what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. And every day, everybody say every day. Every day day we are surrounded with tons and tons of opportunities to take offense, to get hurt, for things to happen within our life. And today what we're going to learn is we're going to learn from what Jesus is teaching his disciples and how we can actually overcome those things. So here's what I want to do. Before we dive off into this, I want us to pray that our hearts will be open to everything that the Lord has to speak to us. So let's pray together. Father, you are so good. We love you and thank you for your presence here with us right now. And Holy Spirit, do what you do so well. Bring your healing touch in the lives and hearts as we're gathered And I thank you that our our, our hearts be open to your word, Lord God, that through your word, you would bring life to all of us. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Now, here's the deal. Uh, We're talking about the wonder of Christmas through the eyes of a child. And sometimes we can learn from kids because we're talking about offense. We're talking about hurt. We're talking about all these different things that we face in this world. And think about this. When you were a kid... And maybe you got into a disagreement with somebody on the playground. Recess time, yeah. You're out there on the playground, you're having a good time. Only one thing better than recess when you were a kid, cafeteria. Praise the Lord, okay? But y'all remember them rolls? Got a little sidetracked. Let's go back. Recess, okay? And you're out there on the playground, you're having a good time, you're playing four square, you were the four square king or queen, and, and, and you're out there with your buddies, you're hanging out, you're playing football, And all of a sudden, there is a disagreement. One of your buddies has committed a penalty in the football game, right? Or done something in the four-square game that's not allowed. So you have a disagreement. You work things out sometimes in an argument, sometimes with your fist. And then you make your way past that. And guess what? The next day... You're back on the playground, you're best friends with everybody once again, you're playing four square, you're playing football, and you forgot all about what happened the day before, right? How is it that kids can deal with things and move forward and not let it cripple them or stop them for what is best for their life? But so many times as adults, things happen to us, offenses, hurts, all these things, and we let those things begin to build up in our heart. And the next thing you know, we have difficulty moving forward into God's best for our life, okay? So here's what I want to do today. We're going to take this sermon, we're going to break it into three parts, okay? Now, let me say this to you because you're like, oh God, does that mean we're going to be here all day? No, no, that's not what that means, okay? (laughs) Three equal parts. Um, First of all, we're going to deal with the things in our, our heart, the hurt, the unforgiveness, all those things that happen. But we're going to talk, first of all, about what not to do. Whenever you get hurt, this is not how you handle it. Then we're going to talk about why it's a big deal to actually take care of those hurts and offenses. Then we're going to talk about actually how you deal with those things, okay? So here's what we're going to do. First of all, I want to tell you, here's how you don't deal with the things that happen. When you get hurt, you get offended. Here's what not to do, okay? You ready? First thing is this, don't blow up, okay? Because typically whenever we get hurt, we get offended, we get wounded, our first response as a human being... It's go time, baby. Am I right? It's like that person hurt me. They wounded me. They said something about me or my family or my reputation or whatever. So 
I'm going to teach them something. It's go time. Whether it's with our mouth or words, that we're going to put them in their place, or I'm going to put them in their place, okay? Flat on their back. Uh-huh, I'm going to knock them out, all right? Now, I know a lot of times we're like, we wouldn't really knock somebody out, but maybe you want to in your mind. Am I right? And, and, and you blow up. You lose your temper. You're like, I'll show them. i got to get revenge. But listen to what Paul deals with. In Romans, he actually says this great scripture. He says, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Do not, everybody say do not. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. In other words, so many times we take things into our own hands and deal with the things when in reality, we just need to let God deal with those things, okay? Because God can deal with a person's heart a whole lot better than we can and we, we blow up and we say, I don't want to deal with their heart. I want to deal with punching them in the mouth, okay? Don't do that. Don't go there because we hurt ourselves even worse. I actually heard a story. Uh, Boudreau uh, went to work one day. Uh, what? South Louisiana. We tell Boudreau jokes, okay? Boudreau went to work over at the seafood processing plant over in Bayou Pigeon. And uh, he got tired of his friend Thibodeau. Every day he'd walk in, Thibodeau come up, give him a big greeting, but he, man, he pat him, hey, Boudreaux, pat him on the chest. He's like, Thibodeau, that hurts, man. Don't, don't be doing all that. Every day, though, Thibodeau would come in, slap him on the chest. So Boudreaux, he came into work one day, and Abear said, hey, Boudreaux, I noticed when you walk up in here, man, you got, a, you got something under your shirt right over in here. What, what's that all about? He goes, shh, Abear, you be quiet. He said, I'm going to teach Thibodeau a lesson. He said, what do you mean you're going to teach him a lesson? He said, every day I come up in here, he slapped me on the chest and that hurt. So today I went and got a stick of the dynamite and I put it up under my shirt. And man, when he, he slapped me in the chest today, he in for a surprise. Now, that's funny right there. Now, now how dumb is that? But in reality, we do the same thing. And the reason why is because we think, you know what, I, I'm going to blow up on somebody, but I'm going to tell you straight up, when we blow up on somebody, the only one typically that we are hurting in the situation is we're hurting ourselves even worse. We damage our reputation even worse. We damage our character even worse. We damage our family even worse. So here's the thing. You've got to hold your emotions in check when somebody hurts you, offends you, wounds you. Don't blow up, Okay. Allow the Lord to deal with those things. Here's the next thing, and this is one that's a hard pill to swallow, but when somebody hurts you, don't blow it up, okay? Now, you might say, well, what exactly does that mean, Pastor Jay? Well, here's how it works. When we get hurt, we typically want to find an audience to complain to. We will go and tell everybody who will listen our side of the story and we will gather those people around us and we will share with them because we want their sympathy and we want their support for our cause, okay? But let me tell you what, the Bible has a very simple word for what that is. Some of y'all might be understanding the direction I'm going right now. You know what that's called? That's called gossip, okay? And whenever I say that, people are like, oh, that's not a good thing. We gossip whenever we get hurt about with anyone who will listen to our side of the story and we tell them because we want people to sympathize with us with what we are walking through. But listen to what Proverbs says. There's tons of verses throughout the Bible about gossip, 
But listen to what Proverbs 16, 28 says. It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates the best of friends. It does not matter what it is. Gossip will come in, cause issues, cause separation right in the middle of whatever it is that you are facing. Don't go there. Don't blow up, but listen to this. Don't blow it up. Don't run off and gossip to people about the things that are going on between you and somebody else. Now, here's what I want to tell you, okay? Someone hurts you and, and they did something to you. It is a sin, right? They say things about you. They hurt you. They, they, they talk about your reputation. They talk about your family. They, they do things that maybe... You got shorted in some money. I don't know what it is. There's all kinds of things that happen. Jesus said those things would come, but that is, you need to understand this, that is a sin, what they did against you. But when you turn around and you go to other people and you begin to gossip about what it is that you are facing to those other people, you need to understand this, that in itself also is a sin, don't repay sin by going out and sinning yourself, okay? And here's what I want to tell you as well. And everybody in the church, everybody in the body of Christ, hear me on this. It makes no difference if you try to clean it up as a prayer request. It's still gossip, okay? All right? Get that. All right. Oh, we need to pray for so-and-so. Let me tell you what they did. No. Don't do, don't do that, all right? So don't blow up. Keep your emotions in check. Don't blow it up. Don't gossip. And then here's the last thing, talking to you about what not to do when somebody hurts you. Don't blow it off because the fact that somebody hurts you is a big deal. And when you minimize what happened, you actually cheapen forgiveness. Okay? Get this. When you take whatever it is that happened and you say, you know what, it's not a big deal I, it, I don't really care. Y'all saw that? A piece of confetti just came down. I love it. Every now and then, that's just the Holy Ghost. It's just coming. Okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, when you take whatever it is that happened to you, you're like, you know, it's not a big deal. really doesn't matter. You know, just forget it. You're minimizing what happened. You are cheapening forgiveness. And forgiveness is a big deal. And th think about this. Jesus came to this earth to bring forgiveness. And the price that he paid for our forgiveness was a high price. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So forgiveness is a big deal. And when we take an offense, something that's happened, we blow it off like no big deal. Uh, and we, it, it's, it's not, it really doesn't matter. Guess what? It really does matter. And we don't ever want to cheapen forgiveness. Now, here's why it's a big deal. Because when somebody hurts you, when somebody offends you, you might blow it off, but I guarantee you, it's still here. It is still in your, in your heart, and it hurts. You, here's what happens. When you blow it off, you hide that down in your heart. It reminds me of the boys whenever they were growing, were, you know, they were teenagers and all that. Stacey would go shopping, and one of the things that she would buy, she would buy those little Debbie snack cakes. Y'all like those things? That's good stuff. Hey, I'm telling you, those Christmas tree, little Debbie cakes, those are slamming, all right? So Stacy would go, she'd buy little Debbie snack cakes. She would usually buy four, five, six packs, whatever. And in those, you know, the nutty bars, fudge rounds, Swiss rolls, all that kind of stuff. And typically in those boxes, you get like six at the most, okay? They tell you like there's 12, but there's only six packs of two, all right? 
and who only eats one of the cakes? All right, let's just be real here, okay? So typically I eat like two of the packs, okay? I got sidetracked again. Let's go back, okay? So here, here we are, little Debbie cakes, she would buy these things, and the boys, in their mind, they would do the math. Well, there's three of us, there's four boxes of little Debbies, and dad is in the equation, okay? <laughs> the only way that I'm going to get little Debbie snack cakes is I've got to act quick, and I've got to be smart, okay? So typically what they would do is when nobody was looking, they would go in the pantry, they would open up the little Debbie snack case, they would take out whatever they wanted, and then they would hide them in different places, in the pantry, in the kitchen, all that kind of stuff. And so here's what would happen. I would go in the pantry, get the gumbo pot off the top shelf, pull it down, in the gumbo pot, little Debbie snack cake. <laughs> and so here's what would happen. I would be like, the Lord has provided. And I, <laughs> I have to eat this. They would go later to get their little Debbie snack cake. Guess what? They're like dad tax in effect, okay? Because... There's a dad tax attached to everything, all right? So anyway, they would hide those little Debbies all around the kitchen in the pantry. Still to this day, we find them sometimes. They forgot about them. And it's like, this little Debbie is like four years old. Still good. Let's eat it, all right? <laughs> but we do this. We think, you know what? Nobody will ever know. We're just going to blow that hurt off, and I'm going to hide it down in my heart. And guess what? You know about it, and God knows about it, and I guarantee you that the people, whenever that, that hurt kind of starts flaring up a little bit, and you take it out on other people, I guarantee you that they know that there's something there in your heart. So here's what I want to tell you. Don't blow those things off. That is a big deal that actually somebody hurts you. And the writer of Hebrews puts it to us this way because he knows when he was writing this, he knows what happens when you hide those things in your heart. He says, chapter 12, verse 15, he says, look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessings. Now, who in here wants God's best blessings for their life? I think we, we probably all do. He's telling us to, to, to look after each other, to make sure that we don't let things lodge within our life. But look at this. He says, watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble hurting many in their spiritual lives. Now, here's why that's a big deal. Because what he's talking about is whenever you begin to allow things to, to lurk within your heart, then it actually turns into bitterness. And here's what I want you to get. That word bitterness, it has its root meaning in the Greek, like Greek language. It has its root meaning in the word poison or something that is toxic, okay? And here's what I want you to understand. When you let hurts, offenses, unforgiveness, all these things, you hide those things in your heart, it slowly poisons your heart and it causes a toxicity in the things around you. Your relationships, all this, it begins to affect your mindset, future things that you will participate in whether it be relationships or whatever you look at friends and you think oh that person's going to hurt me or they're going to do this it begins to affect you in a negative way because there's bitterness within your heart and the writer here is saying hey watch out don't let those things take root within your life so don't blow it off we've got to learn to deal with those things so that's how you do not handle uh, hurts and offenses and all those types of things now we're talking about this in a way to kind of to really get practical and get some, some help for our lives. But typically what happens is when you start talking about these things, people are like, well, wh what's the big deal? Like, I don't understand. Like, if it's just hidden away in my heart, what's the big deal? 
why can't I just not even dwell on that? Just leave it alone. And here's why. Here's why it's a big deal and why we need to deal with the hurts, the wounds, the offenses, the unforgiveness, all that kind of stuff. And if you're taking notes, write this one down. Because unforgiveness affects my walk with God. Okay, You cannot get away from that. There's no way that you can say, well, you know, I just hold on to this unforgiveness and this bitterness. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal because it always, everybody say always, always affects your walk with God. And typically, whenever somebody hears that, they say, well, you know what? That person shouldn't have done that to me. That person should not have said that. They shouldn't have acted like that. They should not have hurt me. And I get that. But think about this. There are probably people that you've hurt, that need to hear this message just as badly as you need to hear this message. Well, but Pastor, it ain't fair. I, I didn't mean to hurt that person. Well, you could say that probably on both sides of the equation. Because typically what happens, we judge other people differently than we judge ourselves. How many of you in this room have been hurt by somebody? Raise your hand. How many of you in here have hurt somebody else? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, we all have. You know why? Because we're sinners. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your life looks like. All of us have messed up. Am I right? We've all hurt people. And we've all been hurt by other people. But what we do not want to do is allow that hurt, that unforgiveness, whatever it is, we do not want to allow that to come in between us and our relationship with God. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6. He says this, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or we'll all come back against you. Look at the next part. Forgive others and you will be what? Forgiven. And it goes on and says, give and you will receive. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Typically, we have heard that scripture preached in a lot of different ways, that passage of scripture. We've heard that scripture preached in regards to giving financially. We've heard that scripture preached in regards to to giving encouragement to other people we've heard that scripture preached in regards to giving the love of Christ but you may not realize the context here we're looking at right now is the context of forgiveness and it comes down to this are we giving forgiveness to other people because if we want to receive forgiveness for God for the sins in our life we have to be willing to give forgiveness to others around us whenever they hurt us And I get it. I understand that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a difficult thing to do. But guess what? All things are possible with God at work within our life. The things that you think you can't do, he will give you the strength and the ability to do as you follow his leading and what the Holy Spirit has for your life. So it is a big deal that we deal with unforgiveness because it always, it affects our walk with God. Now, how do we deal with it? Okay, so we've talked about what not to do. We've talked about why it's such a big deal. Now, how do we actually forgive? How is this that we actually move forward in this area when somebody has hurt us? Well, the first thing is this. You've got to acknowledge the hurts in your life. Everybody say acknowledge. Don't don't ignore them. You need to come to the place where you say, it is true. This person did this to me. And it hurt. And it was a big deal. And I'm acknowledging what this is so that I can actually allow God to begin to work inside of me. Now, get this. The problem is when we ignore those things that have happened, typically those things are going to grow in our heart. It's not a big deal. I'll just leave it alone. I'm going to ignore it. I'm not going to acknowledge it. But it's there. 
And over time, it gets bigger because it has little friends that come along. Other hurts, other forget, unforgiveness, other things that take place, they latch onto that. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the wonder that God wanted to, us to walk in in life, it's gone. And we struggle with maintaining joy. And we struggle with maintaining the, the what, you know, I know that God loves me, but we have all that kind of stuff that starts taking place within our life because we have ignored that hurt, that wound, that offense is there. And there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness there. It grows. It reminds me of whenever I was in Mexico years ago. This is probably like 25 years ago. I was down in Mexico. We were in Monterey, and we were with a bunch of missionaries down there, a bunch of pastors from that area. And we sat down, and they put all these, these tacos on the table in front of us. Now, I'm going to tell you what. Tacos, that's good stuff, okay? Taco Tuesday, praise the Lord. Uh, but check this out. We're eating these different tacos and one of the guys there, his name was Greg Oglesby. He said, you've got to try one of these tacos. I said, okay. Grab the taco, start eating it. And I'm like, there's something different about this taco, okay? And as I'm eating it, it's like, it's, it's like growing in my mouth. And I'm like, ah, what is the deal? And I'm like, chewing. And it's like the meat just would not fall apart. It was just swelling, you know? And I'm like, I said, what, what kind of taco is this? He said, oh, I meant to tell you, it's a cow tongue taco. Okay. Now I have heard that cow tongue prepared properly is good. Apparently these people did not prepare it that way, okay? Now here's the problem. I'm in Mexico. It would not have been courteous because Paul writes in the scriptures about eating what's put in front of you, all that kind of stuff. It would not have been proper for me to spit it out. So here I am. I have to swallow and so I'm chewing, and I'm like, I'm trying to keep from gagging, because it's like the more I chew, the bigger it gets. And then I choke that bite down, and here's the thought that I have. I'm holding this taco in my hand. Now I have to eat this entire taco, because I don't want to offend our host. One of the worst days of my life, okay? But that's exactly what happens with hurts, wounds, and offenses. The more we meditate on it, the more we dwell on it, the bigger it gets. The more we ignore it, the bigger it gets. So we've got to acknowledge those things because they are a big deal. And we need to allow God to help us through that. Now, uh, the writer in Psalms 39, he said it like this. He said, so I kept very quiet. I didn't even say anything good. But I became even more upset. Now that's a good scripture because think about that. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to say anything, but you're just sitting there and you're fuming. Has that ever happened to you? It's like the more quiet you try to keep about it, the madder you get. And that's what happens when you do not acknowledge the hurts within your life. And every one of us in this room, I don't care who you are, you've all heard the saying, time heals all wounds. That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> That is a lie from the devil, and here's why. Because the only one who truly can heal those wounds and hurts is Jesus Christ, okay? He's the only one through the power of the Holy Spirit who can bring healing to your heart in those areas. And if you ignore them, they're not just going to go away. John writes about how we can be forgiven in our own personal life, how we can be healed in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and here's the word, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Bringing purity in our heart, dealing with the bitterness, dealing with the unforgiveness, and washing those things out of our heart. So the first step is we got to acknowledge my hurts. The next thing is this, it's a big, we have to trust God with our hurts. Everybody say trust. trust. Now, here's where I want to take you with this thought. 
Because a lot of people say, yo, Pastor Jay, you just don't know how I'm suffering with this. It's bad. This person hurt me. They said this. They did this. You just don't even know, Pastor Jay. I'm tormented on the inside. Well, think of this. Our Savior, our Lord, went to the cross. And while he is hanging on the cross, drawing in his final breaths, he looked around at his tormentors and he asked his father, Father, forgive them. He extended forgiveness in that moment towards those who were tormenting him. So here's my thought. If Jesus can do that hanging on the cross, surely, as he's demonstrating that, surely we can offer forgiveness as well. Peter, Peter wrote about it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, he says, When they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges wisely. In other words, he said, Father, I trust you through all. This is the most difficult thing in the world. But Father, I trust you. Forgive these ones who are around me. And when you get hurt, when somebody offends you, it literally is in that moment you have to say, God, I don't understand this. But God, I trust you with this. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I'm acknowledging that. And Father, I bring this to you. If I had a part to play in this, if I did something wrong, if I've done something to hurt them, forgive me for my sin. Father, I repent of that. And Father, I pray that through this that you will purify my heart, my mind, and my spirit and help me to deal with these things within my life. Brings me to my last point is that we have to deal with the, with the hurts in our heart. Now, here's, here's the thing. You see that right there on the screen, deal with my hurts. That's what we're talking about. Here's how you deal with it. And you really got to deal with it the right way. You've got to deal with your hurt by getting to the root. Yeah. Okay? Get to the root. Now here, a lot of people say, what is the root? The root root. <laughs> the root of every hurt, every wound, every offense, here it is, is rejection. That's the number one tool of the enemy. And here's why it's the number one tool of the enemy. He wants you to feel rejected because he wants you to isolate yourself. And here's how he works, okay? He's been doing this from the dawn of creation. Here's how, here's how he operates in this. Somebody hurts you, and he comes and he, he stirs that up within you, and he says things like, well, that wasn't very just. He whispers in your ear, that wasn't very just. And where was God in this? And why would God let this happen? Because he wants you to feel like God doesn't care about you, God doesn't love you, and in that hurt, he wants you to isolate yourself from God, to withdraw from God. That's how he operates. He's been doing it like since creation. Remember what happened with Adam and Eve. God gave them everything in the garden. He said, eat, eat everything. You can have it all except that one tree over there. And what did the enemy do? Satan went to them and he said, God's holding back from you. God's got really good things, but man, what the best is he's holding back from you. And so they were tempted. They ate the fruit And then what did they do? They isolated themselves. They went and hid from God. And God, knowing exactly what had taken place, he goes to them, he says, who told you that you've sinned? Now, check this out. I want you to get this in your heart and understand this. Because when the enemy whispers in your ear, he has a scheme, he has a, a little game that he's playing to bring separation, isolation between you and God. And he's always going to use rejection within all of our lives to do this. And here is what Scripture tells us. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this. Paul writes, he says, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. 
for we are not unaware of his, what's the last word right there? Of his schemes. He's got a little game, a little scheme that he's working in your life. He wants to work in all of our lives. And that scheme is to whisper continually in your ear. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. If he did, he wouldn't let this happen. Where was God in the midst of this? Why would God let this happen? You begin to grow resentful, and you begin to push back from God. All of us have that opportunity every day, and we need to be aware of the enemy's schemes, and we need to overcome these different tricks that he uses against us by acknowledging the hurt, by trusting God, and by dealing with whatever by getting to the root, and the root is rejection. And here's how we get to the root. We just deal with it. God, I I recognize this for what it is. And I don't want to feel rejection. I ask you to, I repent, purify my heart, purify my mind. And I push that rejection off. God, I trust you in this area. So here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to close your eyes in this room. And whenever I talk on a topic like this, typically the things that have happened within your life, they kind of, you're reminded of them. And you're sitting there and you're thinking like, yeah, but this person did that. No, no, let's push past that. Let's push past that and let's see what God wants to do today. Now, first of all, we talk about forgiveness. There's some of you in this room, you need to receive forgiveness from God. Maybe you've never surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never received what he did for you at the cross. And you need to get this. All of us, I don't care who you are, all of us are born as sinners. We all have a sin nature. And that sin nature, if we die in it, we face separation from God. There is a heaven, there is a hell. And all of us have to make the choice. Am I going to embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life? Where I spend eternity in his presence in heaven with God? Or am I going to reject him? Am I going to isolate myself from him and face an eternity of separation from him in hell? It's our choice. And so today, will you choose Jesus? Will you surrender your life to Jesus? And if you say yes to that, then I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you right where you are. Now, there's others of you in this room that maybe you, today, in your relationship with God, you need to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you need to get your heart right with him all over again. There's relationship there, but it's not quite where it needs to be. And today, maybe there's some repenting that needs to take place within your life. Today, maybe you just need to pray and ask God to purify your heart and your mind. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and the Lord. But I do like to know who I'm praying for. So today, if you would say yes to that, Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer. Raise your hand. Let me see it. Is there anybody in this room like that today? I see you. Hands. Awesome. I love it. Right here, right here, right here. That's awesome. I see you back over here. Now, here's what I want you to do. Right where you are, you just talk to the Lord. This is your prayer. Say something like this. Say something like, Jesus, I love you so much thank you for the way you love me that you went to the cross to pay the price for my sin and today by faith I receive what you did and Jesus I acknowledge I admit I am a sinner and today I ask for your forgiveness I repent of the sin in my life and I pray that through your precious blood that today you will make me brand new you will erase the mistakes of my past And Jesus, today I ask you to come live in my heart. Be my Savior. Jesus, today I embrace you as the Lord and Master of my life. 
And I thank you for letting me step into your family. And I thank you for changing me today from the inside out, for transforming me today from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Now, every eye still closed. Here's what I want you to do next. Everybody in this room, who in here would be bold enough to say, there is some things in my life, some unforgiveness, some, some, there's, I've been hurt, there's offenses, there's things that have happened in my life that I need to acknowledge and I need to deal with those things. Who would be honest enough? Every eye closed, but between you and the Lord, right where you are, you would say, I need to deal with this. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Now, almost every hand, in this, every hand in this room went in the air. Can you imagine what life would be like if we deal with these things, give them to the Lord, trust God, and move into God's best for our life? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to deal with it. You know what happened. Right there, right now, we're going to acknowledge that. We're going to pray and talk to the Lord. Father, we come before you today, and we know that offenses are real. Jesus, you talked about it. And today there's hurts, there's wounds, there's offenses all across this room. And today we come to you for healing. We come to you so that you can purify our hearts and our minds. And today we acknowledge what happened. We specifically acknowledge right where you are, just acknowledge it. There between you and the Lord, speak it out to him. Whoever it was, whatever it was. Here's what I want you to say, Lord, I give this to you. God, I trust you for your healing touch within my life. And Father, I pray that today, as we just read in 1 John a few minutes ago, that if we confess these things to you, that you'd bring healing, you'd bring forgiveness, you'd bring love. So today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you do what you do so well. And you bring hope in the middle of what everyone might be facing within their life. And Lord, through all of this, may we keep our eyes and our hearts focused on you and be aware of the tricks of the enemy. In Jesus' name, what's everybody say? Now, I've invited worship team to join me on the platform. And here's why. We're going to take a moment to respond to the Holy Spirit. Because I've always found when we're dealing with things within our life, Worship is one of those things that stirs us even further to the place of healing and purity. And so today, I'm just going to encourage you to open up your heart to everything that God has for you. The ushers are going to come. They're going to pass the buckets up and down each row for this legacy offering. If you want to participate in it, that's awesome. If not, we understand that's awesome as well. But here's what I want to tell you. If you were here for the first time and you say, man, they're taking up two offerings today. We very, very seldom receive an offering. But this is one that we've been doing for several years. And so today as they come, they're going to pass the buckets up and down each row. But here's what we want to do. We just want to worship the Lord and allow his presence through the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. Now, there are some of you in this room, you raised your hand for salvation or to recommit your life to Christ. Before you leave this place today, fill out one of those cards, check off the box that says, today I gave my heart to Jesus. And then you can take that card as we dismiss here in a bit to the Welcome Center. But what I'd rather you do is bring it to one of our prayer team as we dismiss this service. So let's all stand and let's worship the Lord together.